welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 136. Happy to be back with you and happy to be on and happy to be getting ready to open schools. I know, you know, depending on where you are around the country, uh, you, you've already opened, you've just opened, you're starting to open, or you're, you're approaching that week. And uh, certainly going to meet today's guest here in a moment, Dr. Jared Smith. Uh, Dr. Jared and I connected over social media, and I'm so curious and interested to learn about uh, his district there in Iowa. Uh, they just had a, a terrible situation with a terrible storm. I'm going to ask him about that but certainly how they're doing uh, in Iowa and, and uh, looking forward to meeting uh, Dr. Jarrett. So it is show number 136. I would like to uh, thank again today's sponsor, Havesies Cookies. That's my friend David Maffei and his company. We're going to send Dr. Jarrett some Havesies Cookies out to Iowa uh, and get him a taste of those. Um, Havesies Cookies, again, you need to ship somebody a gift. You need to ship somebody something. Uh, they're a great company. They're friends of the program. And this uh, discount code, Murata15, will give you 15% off. Uh, they're great. They're vacuum sealed. And uh, yeah, just impressed with what David's doing. So I want to thank them for sponsoring the program. Show number 136. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. Uh, these are tricky times and turbulent times. Uh, but I wanted to start with today's concept. Not all readers are leaders. Yet all leaders are readers. My friend Dan Spanauer has said that. I've read that. Uh, and I'm going to say it again because it's a, a little tricky in there. Not all readers are leaders, but yet all leaders are readers. And I, I'm excited to talk to Dr. Jared Smith. He is a, a, a voracious reader. He is somebody. Uh, and I want you to check out his website. We're going to have him share that. Uh, but he's he's read a ton. And he really, he does reviews of books, right? So I saw, uh, you know, maybe six months ago, he put something out, top 100 education books. And I was like, hey, where's my book? How come my book's not on there? So we reached out to him and he said, Andrew, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to read your book. And he did that and he, and he put that review on there. Um, and I just was so impressed. Uh, he writes, he reads, uh, he's a true educator. So uh, I, I want to ask him about that. But if you're not an educator or a, a, a school leader, that reading's not part of your routine, I would challenge you to add that. Uh, I'm a busy guy. I know Dr. Jared is a busy guy uh, making time for us here, but I try to make sure I find that time each and every night to read. I, I want to make more time, but I always find myself doing something else. Uh, but if you're not sure where to get started, check out his stuff on his website. Just Google Dr. Jared, and I'll have him share that website here in a minute. Um, but he's got a lot of reviews on there, so you can kind of like get the cliff notes of them and, and learn that. The other thing I wanted to share before we bring in our guest today, there's a lot happening, right? How, mu how much more can we take, right? What else can happen? And they're about to open schools in Iowa, and then this gigantic storm comes through and like wrecks the place, right? COVID, school closures, hybrid teaching, online teaching, all of that. And now they had to deal with a natural disaster. So, you know, I believe we're, we're resilient. And I believe that, right, the, the Lord above, I don't want to get religious here on, but it's not going to give us more than we, we can handle. Um, 
and and obviously they're handling a lot in I'm going to mispronounce it, Josh. We're going to let you say it, but his county there in Iowa. So let's ask him about these things. Let's meet today's guest. We're going to welcome Dr. Jared uh, Smith into the program here. And boom, there he is. Hey, how are you doing, man? That was an awesome introduction. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, everybody, this is Dr. Jared Smith. He is superintendent of Tama County Schools. You got it. That's it. Cool. Tamer County Schools yep. uh, in Iowa, and it's in between Des Moines and Cedar Rapids. Dr. Jared, welcome to the program. Hey, man, this is awesome. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to me, sending me the book, um, inviting me on the podcast. This is uh, this is a this is a great thing you got going. So I, I'm just honored to be here. And we're happy to have you. And we had some tech issues. I'm on a secondary computer, so if the Wi-Fi uh, goes out, everyone, please be patient with us. Um, but Jared, I touched on a few things that you're doing, uh, and let's start out again with your district. Here you are getting ready to open schools, and was it a tornado? Uh, what what happened out there? So I, there's a term that I had never heard before until about two weeks ago, and it's called a derecho, derecho, and it is a, like straight line winds that just uh, we believe, and and nobody really has an accurate number on the wind speeds, but we had winds up around 120, 130 miles an hour in our community. And it's, you know, a tornado just hit certain, you know, hit certain spots and it it's there quick and it just leaves pretty quickly. It was on top of us for like an hour. It was like the weirdest thing. So I'm actually at home. I, I went home for lunch. My office is like a block from where I live. And I, it hit right at noon, and I was in my house when it all hit, and um, it was unlike any, I mean, sounds. I've never been in a tornado or a hurricane, so I guess I don't know what that sounds like. Um, but um, just trees, branches are falling. Huge limbs of trees are falling. Um, and, yeah, our, I, uh, um, as I was in the, in the kitchen, uh, actually, a hole came through our roof. Um, so it just kind of came right through. <laughs> it was, yeah, and you're kind of making the face. Uh, yeah. But, you know, we're lucky. We've got insurance, you know, but so many of our families here don't. And um, it, it's just a bad, I, I mean, we're still, power came on about two weeks later. Um, so about the 23rd, 24th, and I, which is, I mean, to live in the United States and not have power for two weeks is pretty much unheard of. And we still don't have internet. I mentioned to you, um, I have to come into work and I don't know how that works, but there's no internet in our community right now at home for anybody. So um, you talk about uh, virtual learning and um, hybrid learning, like we're still crossing our fingers that the internet will be up and running at home here. Uh, we're supposed to start September 8th. So wow. we'll see. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah. my God. So all the challenges you have facing opening schools, and now you had this huge thing. Was the was the actual physical buildings uh, damaged? Was there? Yeah. So um, that the, the building, from your pictures online. Yeah. The the building that was hardest hit was our middle school, and we're being told um, that we're not going to be able to get back into that building until at least January. Um, if not the rest of the year, it's that bad. So, um, so yeah, the, the roof, the part of the roof came off and then there was about four inches of rain right after that. And so there's just water damage all over the building. 
Um, so yeah, you know, Hey, here's the, here's the silver lining. We had summer school going on in that building and, um, our, our staff was awesome. Got them to the basement. We didn't have a single, a single student or staff member that was hurt, uh, across our district. So, um, so the silver lining, you know, and, and I don't believe there's any injuries in our community at least. So, you know, there's certain things you can't replace and, and human life is one of those. And, uh, so we lucked out there. Well, God bless, and uh, we wish you the best there. Those are some challenges. And, and before we get into the questions and stuff, the, the next one, right? Just tell me about the, the reading, right? And and how did you start doing these reviews? Because, again, um, the, your website, and is it drjarrismith.com? Is that it? Yep, yep that's correct. Yep. And if you go on there, and I, and I encourage you, if you're a school leader, if you're an educator, uh, if you whether you've been doing it 20 years or just starting out, you have such a variety of books there. Jared, wh where did that start? How did you? I I'd never seen anything like that. Sure. Well, thanks for the kind words there. Um, you know, he, I've told this story a few times. Um, after college, I swore I would never pick up another book. I was so burnt out. I was just like, I am done. <laughs> um, and even, I'll be honest, even through my master's program, when I got my uh, ed leadership, I wasn't really, you know, I was skimming those books. I was not really, uh, I was just so burnt out, eight, you know, 20 plus years of school in a row, whatever it was, or uh, 18, whatever it was. Um, but uh, I read, you know, in 2012, I went, I was part of a book study where uh, I was in um, a, a little bit larger school district um, here in Iowa. And the book study we did was What Great Principles Do Differently by Todd Whitaker. Oh, yeah. You're not your head there. That's kind of one of those classic uh, education books. He's the best. And I committed to reading it and I, I just felt so much confidence. Um, some of the things that I thought were right about how I was leading and at the time I was an assistant principal, some of the things that I thought were right, I wasn't quite sure. But when I read it in that book, I'm like, I knew that was right. I knew I was doing the right thing, but I didn't have the confidence to, to, um, to lead in such a way where I knew my beliefs were, I was really feeling confident in my beliefs. So I read that book and then it just kind of started like wildfire, like, oh, I want to read more. Like, okay, what's next? And so I had a buddy suggest Jim Collins, good to great, read that, you know, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm liking this. So uh, I just started like asking people who I trusted, you know, other educational leaders, hey, tell me your best book. Tell me your, tell me your two tops books. And um, what I did though, here's, here's where I took it a step further. A lot of people just read and maybe they highlight, but they don't do anything with it. Yeah. To me, I, and we're both educators, you know, like what's the best way to retain something is not is to see it a couple different ways. Right. So I would read it and, I, and my, my process has kind of changed over the years, but I started off highlighting and I never did anything with it, but I wasn't retaining it. So what I did was I started just going through the book a second time, looking at those highlights and then taking, putting the key takeaways into a separate document. And I felt like I was, when I did that and maybe 10 books in, I started to do that, you know, 10, 10 books I'd read. 
And I felt like I was able, when I, when I met with a teacher or staff member and I, and I wanted to share something with them, if I, I, I always like giving them like either a book to read along with it or maybe even just a page or two or a chapter. And so by kind of keeping track of where those were at and where those key ideas were at, I was a lot more effective in giving, coaching our staff and, and not only telling them some things, but maybe giving them a resource. So that's kind of how it started. Then I then I got sidetracked a little bit, um, did my doctorate, got through my doctorate uh, at Iowa State University. And when that got, and I was reading along the way there, but once that got done, I felt like there was a void in terms of the, the reading that I was doing was great. But now I'm like, okay, what next? And that's when I've just really ratcheted up. And really these last three, four years, I just read anything I can get my hands on and one of those being your book that you sent me, which I really enjoyed. I couldn't put it down. It was, it was really fun to read. I, I, I just can't, I, I, maybe we'll get that in, into that later, but I really enjoyed it. And, you know, we're educators. I like sharing. I like sharing um, with others, <laughs> sharing what I learned with others. And that was the point behind the website is I don't want this just to be for me and my notes. I want to share with others. So you know, it's it's just a way to share what I'm learning with others, and it all ties together. You mentioned the writing; it helps me with the writing, it helps me with leadership, it helps me with all kinds of things. And that is a great way you shared just so much in there right now, because uh, I find that right. I read something about, like, ah, and I'm talking to somebody, and something from the book triggers, but I don't remember exactly where it was or the part of the book. So you highlight, and then you go back through. And then you mark through, but you wrote an amazing, I mean, I was blown away with what you did with mine and really, then you list them on your website and sharing with others. Uh, that is a great thing that you're doing. Uh, here, my cousin, she's a teacher in New York City. She's uh, right in here. Wondering if you just read professional books or do you read uh, for books enjoyment? And if so, what types of books do you enjoy reading? So, okay. So that's a great question. She's um, a great educator. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I'll admit, I only really read nonfiction. So some people would say that fiction is enjoyment and nonfiction is for work. I look forward to reading these books. I look forward to, and I read all kinds. Like, I, you know, if you look at the list that I generated, you know, there's probably about a third of those that are leadership. Um I love, you know, the psychology books. Um, I love, I, I love working out. Uh, I love um, personal, personal wellness or self help. So a lot of those, um, I've read some meditation books, some, some, um, j just all kinds of different genres. But they kind of fit into education, leadership, self help, kind of those three different genres. But to me, they're all, um, <laughs> they. Uh, I, they're all enjoyment to me. That's awesome. Uh, that's my mom saying hello, Dr. Jack. She's my biggest fan. Uh, and that's great. I'm gonna, we're going to talk off air, too, because I have some great authors coming up uh, here on it. But I think that's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about you and your district. Again, we met on social media. Uh, tell me, Jared, about the culture of your of your district. Uh, you know, is it, would you say it's more rural? Are you, you know, what, what's it like in... Not Tama, Tama <laughs> County School. Tama. Okay, so yeah, you're probably most people out there are probably saying, okay, Iowa, small, small district, um, farms, uh, cornfields. Okay, I get that. Um, we are, you know, 
we are a smaller district. Um, we've only got 1,600 kids total, three three buildings. Um, we've got about 120, 115 kids per per grade level. So um, not a huge district by any means. Um, but we are unique in that we we're actually a relatively diverse school district. Um, we've got about we're about 50% minority and 50% Caucasian. Um, and we're what makes us truly unique is that we've got on the um, western part of our um, school district we actually got an Indian uh, settlement that's there. So about 10% of our students are uh, Native American. So yeah, so we've got so we've got every I mean it's a true melting pot and, and what's unique is we're in a smaller setting. Um, and like you mentioned, we're about an hour from Des Moines, an hour from Cedar Rapids, and then there's another um, larger metropolitan area, I mean if you want to say that up north of us by about an hour. So we're like right in the middle. Um, but we've got I mean it's just such a cool, unique district. There's not a single district in Iowa who has that makeup of student um, and families like we have, but we celebrate it. And I mean, we've got to celebrate it. We've got to do what we can do. Um, so we do, we just try to do a lot of different things to make sure we're recognizing all the different um, families, backgrounds, ethnicities in our district. And uh, these days, right, with what's happening around our country and the conversation of racism rising to the top, you know, you must be able to have some great conversations and some great work to be done having so many different races in your district. Yeah, absolutely. We're planning right now. So uh, we, our, our start of the school year got put, pushed back two weeks. We were supposed to start last week and now we're starting in another week here. But we're actually right now, one of the coolest things we do is at the start of the year, we do do a student panel of uh, all different um, and it's going to be unique this year. Um, it's going to have to be uh, virtual, but a student panel will re we get some of our uh, a diverse group of student um, panelists to kind of to share with teachers their tips on how to best how to best interact and how to best build relationships with those students. And you know, a lot of our um, a lot of our staff when they come work for us maybe don't have experience working with diverse diverse students, especially Native American students. Um, and they, you know, there's a lot of different customs and cultures that they have. And um, we we learn from our students on, you know, some things that maybe our staff didn't know. And a lot of this, those things they don't. So um, you're right. It's a, it's a difficult time right now um, across the United States. And uh, I was no different. We're dealing with some difficulties here as well. And um, we're just focusing on the kids and doing what's best for our kids and for our community. Awesome. And Jared, you're going into your third year. Uh, is this your first superintendency? Yeah, this is my first su superintendency. That's okay. Right. So tell me about growing into that role. It's a, it's a difficult job, right? It's, you're at the top there. And, but what, tell me, how have you grown yeah. in that role? That's a great question. I, I, it's funny. I came from being a high school principal and ha we had about 1,600 kids in our building alone. Um, so I go from a, a big high school here, here in Iowa, that's a pretty big high school, um, to now we've got 1,600 kids pre-K through, <laughs> through uh, 12th grade. So, it's a, so you asked about, like, what's the most important things that you learn? Um, one is, you know, 
absolutely communication in my position is huge. Um, we do not have, and I know you talk about it great in your book, um, we do not have a communications director in our district. It's really up to, you know, myself. We've got some people who we've, we've delegated some things to, but really as a superintendent, you become, you, you help oversee and facilitate the communication in your district. Um, and so we, just like you do, um, we really try to make sure that we are sharing our story with our community. Um, one thing that people don't know about our district, um, if you line up the school districts in Iowa, um, largest to smallest, um, there's about 330 districts in our state. And we sit right about 70th in this, in terms of size. But in terms of our metrics for engagement, in terms of social media, we rank either first or second, depending on. So we're very proud of that. Depending on the metric you look at, if you look at our face, like Facebook, for example, um, we battle. There's a couple other larger districts that we battle with week to week, and we measure this to see how engaged our, our community is. I mean, we just pump it out. We pump it out. Um, you know, just the, every little thing that goes on, we're, we're sharing it with the community and they like it. I mean, yeah. they, they just truly like it. Um, but communications big. The other one key thing is learning how to work with the school board is interesting. And we get along really well, but suddenly I have five, you know, we have a five member board and they're all great. We get along really well, but keeping them in the loop on what's going on and finding the ways that they best communicate um, has been really interesting. Um, and it's been just an adjustment. You don't go through that as a principal. You kind of have your one main direct supervisor, whether it's an assistant superintendent, superintendent, whatever it might be. But now I've really got five, I call them five bosses that I kind of report to and fill them in on. So that'd be another thing that has taken some growth and some getting used to. Sure. Sure, and those are great points. Uh, excellent on the social media. I, I'm a believer, right? If you don't tell your district story, your community story, somebody else will, right? So good for you. I know you're very active on on Twitter, and again, his Twitter handle is here uh, at Jared Smith PhD. Uh, how about the school, Jared? I want to follow some people in Tama County there. What? Tell me the school's handle. Yeah, so let me look it up real quick. Uh, so Twitter. It would Sorry be. To put you on the spot there, Jerry. No, no, no. It's okay. I should know. I should have these memorized. So our Twitter is at STC Trojans. Um, and and it, so STC is in South Tama County. Um, now I will say on on Twitter, um, you know, I I pump out a lot. That's kind of my thing. I pump out a lot, and they're kind of retweeting or they're kind of following my stuff. Yeah. Where we're the, where we're the most active is just if you Google or Facebook search South Tama County Community School District. Okay. Um, you can't miss it. Uh, again, we it's just we we love it. Um, we. Uh, we just feel like, like you said, I mean, you, you've said in your book and you just said right there, we, with, with everything going on with COVID and with schools closing, like we have been absolutely like upfront and as transparent as possible. And if we don't have an answer, we're going to say, we don't have an answer right now. We're going to share it with you in a couple of days. So, mm -hmm. um, so, and we have Instagram too. It's, I believe it's STC, the same handle as uh, Twitter, uh, STC Trojans. Um, okay. 
So uh, yeah, so yeah, I would love anybody to give us a follow and just in, in, and check it out. Uh, but Facebook is probably where we're most, where our strongest. That's where, our, that's at least where our parents are at. Um, and, and Twitter, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, um, but our kids are on Instagram and, and our parents are on Facebook. Awesome. And we'll, we'll share this out with them. Let's go back to, uh, you know, you mentioned about the superintendent, you know, how, how big of a job change or kind of from being principal, right? Like what were some of the things that you, like you went again, you're out of the building directly. What were some changes that you experienced there? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I think one thing, you know, for anybody who's maybe thinking about moving from the high, from the principal to the, to the superintendency is there's a tendency, there is a tendency to get caught up in the, I call it the whirlwind um, of the day-to-day in the office. So my office is a complete separate building, even though the high school's across the street and the elementary is like a half mile down the road, I'm not right 10 steps to the next classroom out there. So you have to be intentional about getting into classrooms. And I know, I love what you put in your book and I I wish I had it right here in front of me, but I believe you said, get out of the, get out of the office, get in the classroom and do your work in the in the classroom, is that right? Something along those lines. Yeah, sure. So I I do the same thing. I bring my laptop with me, and I know a lot of districts are not used to the superintendent um, being in their room with their laptop doing, you know. But I will do. I just like being around kids. It energizes me, you know. It, it, and being around staff, I can know what's going on. So, you know, I thought that was going to be a big difference, and it is. Like there are some things that. Um, I'm dealing with maybe higher level issues um, that prevent me from getting into classrooms as much as I want, but I still prioritize it. I put it on the calendar. My secretary knows that that time is supposed to be off limits. I'm going to buildings. And really the other, one other thing I really try to do, uh, um, and again, a lot of this comes from stuff I've read or from other educators, is I do uh, weekly one-on-ones with all of our um, principals and our uh, directors, and it's I call it our leadership team. There's there's basically ten people I meet with weekly, and what I do is I commit thirty minutes to each of them once a week, and often that will put me in the buildings and in the trenches so I can see what's going on. So I I think for any superintendent. Find ways to force yourself to get out of the office and into your buildings. There's no reason, like I mentioned, I had 1,600 kids at my last job. I've got 1,600 kids here. Same ratio, same number of staff. You can make it happen. Yeah, that's awesome, Jared. Good for you. And again, scheduling that time of those important things uh, is great. Again, if you go to Jared's website, drjaredsmith.com, he, he shares not only the book reviews, but a lot of his blogs, a lot of his writings. And I definitely want to collaborate uh, with you there, Jared. But one of the ones was the signage around your district, right? You read, I think it was Culturize, and then you wrote about the, how that impacted you. And you started to see things in a different lens, including the signage asking like, hey, don't do this, don't do that, no smoke, versus yeah. How do we make it more of a positive thing? And and I just thought that was great. But here you are supervising, leading in your district, yeah. noticing things that really didn't sit well with you. <laughs> so it was funny. And I almost felt bad writing about, well, here's what happened was maybe two months ago, I 
I go for jogs and walk in our community. I think it's great to be, people love seeing their educators out and around. I can say hi to people, um, but I did some laps around our track at the high school and I stopped, I saw the sign like at the end of the, or at the uh, far end of the track. And it, it just la- it made me laugh because it said like, it had all these, you can't do this. You can't do this. And then it had these like literally a dozen exclamation points. And then it said, no horses allowed on the track. No horses. I know we're in Iowa. Okay. So you had in front of us, but there are no horses and buggies out around in the streets out there. So that had to have been up since like 19, I don't know, 1960, 1970. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I took a picture and I sent it to our principal, like our high school principal who's new. And it wasn't a shot at him. He didn't know. But sure. I was like, like kind of like, oh, good, good thing we're telling all those people with horses not to be on our track. It'd be what a, what, what you know, what a, what a pandemic. We, I mean, I shouldn't say pandemic, but what an issue we have going on right now with these horses. You know, we should be happy if people. And I put in the article at a point where we're we have the highest obesity that we've ever had in the United States, and we can't get people to be active, to you know, to save their lives. Why should we have these signs that are so negative on our track? Shouldn't we be ha- happy that they're actually here using the track? And so I wrote that. I, you know, I, I know I heard Jimmy who wrote that book, Culturize. He's an Iowa guy. Uh, um, and I heard him speak maybe five years ago. And he talked about some of the signage that he had at the time when he was a high school principal. Mm-hmm. And he really focused on getting rid of the negative signage. Like you can't do this. You can't do that. We should be happy if people are at our schools. We should be happy if they're on our track. We shouldn't have all these things. The other thing I wrote about was um, at, at our at our elementary, like this is a tobacco-free campus. And then I wrote like, I, I'm so glad all those first graders that are sneaking those cigarettes in the bathroom, I'm so glad we're all over now. Because <laughs> man, as many times as I'm called the elementary school to, to get those cigarettes from those kids, I, you know, so it's just, it, and here's the fun, here's the thing I feel bad about. Like somebody in our community must've read that or, because that sign was gone, like within a week, <laughs> you know, the sign's gone. I went for a run last week and I didn't see it. And I'm like, well, I didn't mean to make anybody feel bad, but Hey, it's gone. I guess I can live with that. <laughs> I think your writing's great. And again, being out, you see things. Uh, but I thought that was great. Uh, and another thing you shared, uh, Dr. Jarrett, yeah, you described yourself as a mediocre teacher. Uh, you know, what would you say you learned from that uh, experience? And, and you know, you don't hear that often. You know, I was surprised to hear you have said that. But what did you learn from that experience? And how do you then share now with teachers from that experience? Well, when I wrote, so... That the the idea of being a mediocre teacher was like the first chapter of my dissertation mm. about. Um, I mean, I've had an opportunity just like you've been to be in class, hundred thousand probably thousands of teachers' classrooms, thousands of visits, and I'm just in awe of some of the things they do. And I just reflecting back on my years as a teacher and I was a high school teacher in Sarasota, Florida. 
And then I was a fifth grade teacher in Chicago, the Chicago public schools. So I, I was in two different large, large districts um, with some students who came from, you know, some, some difficult backgrounds. Um, and I just felt like, I, you know, everything was about me. I felt like um, I didn't put the time in to get to know the students as well as I should have. Uh, I was fresh out of college. I survived, you know, I really didn't put much time into planning or even thinking. I, I just kind of winged it, which is sad to say. It really is. Uh, but I had some natural charisma and natural talent that kind of let me get by. But I really didn't put much thought into uh, like pedagogy and, and really um, thinking deeply about the teaching profession. And, you know, I lucked out when I got my first administrative job. I, you know, I, I got lucky. I really did. Um, if they had saw me in the classroom, they might have thought twice. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, they probably saw something in that interview that like, this guy's got it. We just got to get it out of him. You know, that talent. He's got talent. We just got to, you know, but so you asked about like, how does that impact you now? I think it's good. I I have the, I know some principles, um, you, you know, may not show that vulnerability or superintendents when they're meeting with their staff and, and not admitting that maybe they struggled. I am not afraid to say that. And I think it helps me out with our staff when I, when I, when I'm able to tell them, man, you are good with those kids. You have a rough group and you've got them, you know, you're doing, you're doing wonderful things. Or I, I just really think it's, it was a blessing in disguise to struggle because now I feel like, I, I know, and, and for a teacher who might be struggling, um, I can see a lot of them and myself and we're, we're welcoming our new teachers tomorrow. They're coming. We have like a dozen new teachers coming in Wow! and, um, you know, they're going to struggle first year. Maybe this year is going to be strange, but typical year, they're going to struggle with classroom management just like I did. And I think they feel comfort hearing it from, like you said, the top that we've all been there. And we're here to help you out. Good for you for sharing that. And, and I agree with your message. Jared, before we get to rapid fire here, is there anything else you wanted to share? You got great energy. You probably have a million stories you could share. But was there anything else you wanted to share with the educators that are watching? And if you are watching live right now, please leave a comment or a question. Or certainly if you're watching this on recording, we'd love to hear from you. But was there anything else, Jared? Oh, you know, the only thing, the, the other question you had written down was just about self-care. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a huge believer in setting, um, just setting a culture in our district in which we, we build trust and respect with our staff. And we, you know, burnout is such a huge thing in education. We really try to avoid burnout by making policies and um, decisions and rules that are in the best interest of our teacher teachers. Here's just one quick example. Uh, I mean, I can give you a ton, uh, but you know, when when our teachers were supposed to be supposed to be back on contract on August 24th, um, and that and recall that that was just shortly after that huge storm hit us, and families were dealing with. I mean, it was uncommon if you did, if you're if your property your house did not have da damage you are the lucky ones almost everybody had some sort of damage wow. and we said forget the contract you stay at home 
you stay at home for this time. And we're, we let them, we worked with our legal our, our attorney and, and said, we want to make sure that we can honor the people and let them stay at home and take care of what their family during this time, even though their contract says come back on August 24th, we actually worked it out where they could stay at home for those two weeks. They could do some minimal requirements for us. Um, but that's just an example of, and that's what the nice thing about being in the role I'm in is we can impact policy and make decisions that are that are uh, employee friendly. And that's just one recent example where we're always gonna err on the side of our staff and do what's best for staff and their families. That's awesome. And that's a great story and, and good for you for putting family first yeah. and because uh, that's what matters, right? People care about the way they're treated and uh, that, that's that's a great story. Jared, let's get to rapid fire here and we'll get you back to your, your family and your, and your job here. Uh, I know you read a lot, right? What was the last one you read? So I'm currently, I, I was like, because I'm in the middle of like a few right now, <laughs> but the one I read uh, that I'm reading right now is Tony Dungy, The Mentor Leader. Oh yeah, he's great. Awesome. How about movies? Last movie you saw? Don't laugh, but I, I just for the first time uh, over COVID saw Titanic. It's a classic. For the first time. The first time. I, I have been 20 plus years, but I finally watched it. It was the highest grossing there for a period of time. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I will say it was good. It was good. Maybe next episode we'll have you sing that great song. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> How about your favorite place to travel? You know, that was a tough one. Um, I am really – I had – I'm not saying this is my favorite, but I had plane tickets to go back to Nashville um, a couple months ago. I like country music. I love – you know, there's just so much good food place – places to go, things to see. I was going to see Kenny Chesney and I uh, got canceled. So I got to say Nashville. Have you been to the country music festival there? I have not. I have not. <laughs> have you? Put that oh, on your list. Yeah, we can. Oh, I'd love to go. I'd love That's to go. It. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's a great spot. Uh, you shared a lot of passions today. And again, I love your energy. What's something that really motivates you? You know, I saw that one. I kind of struggled, uh, but I wrote down just a simple bit of positive feedback. And I don't care what position you're in. If you get positive feedback and I've got, you know, every once in a while I'll get an email or a, a note. Um, it, it just kind of puts me in a good mood and motivates me like, hey, we're doing the right thing. So um, ask me on a different day. I might have a different answer for you. But uh, I got a note this morning that really made me feel good and got me through the day. And that's great, right? To hear that that it matters to the boss as well, right? People want that from the boss, but sometimes when you get that as well, good for you. How about something that gets under your skin? You know, again, I was like, "Oh, this is a tough one." I was at the gym this morning, and anybody who goes to the gym and somebody who doesn't re-rack their weights, Ooh. oh, you know, I'm so it was this morning, and I don't know, <laughs> some 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 very strong person must have been there before I got there. And they left like three plates on either side. Uh, and I'm like, who, who's going <laughs> to, for deadlifting, like I just, I don't do that much. So uh, yeah. I guess I'll put this back. Well, and especially now, right? All kidding aside, now yeah. you're touching, you know, the, you know, that's not cool. Yeah, it's true. Someone you'd like to meet. You know, I put down, I don't know if you've heard of Cal Newport. Have you heard of Cal Newport? No. He is leading, he's like my age, he's 38, 
Uh, so I kind of relate to him there, but he's leading this whole like digital detox. He's got this idea about like how social media and I love social media. I mean, we're connecting on social media. This is how we met. But if you use it in the wrong way and you get your energy get sucked up with social media, it can really um, take away your uh, anything, any of the goals you're working towards. So he has some amazing ideas. He and he doesn't have social media. That's part of the reason I want to meet him is because all I've just I've just heard his, some of his talks and read his books, and he'd be a fascinating guy to uh, to meet. Yeah, and I saw you wrote about there in your in your mentorship, and also you. I know you enjoy reading Tim Ferriss. I, we're gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good, good stuff. Uh, how about dealing with an angry parent? What would you say about how do you handle that? I'm sure this is probably what a lot of people would say, but just listen, just give the time, you know, make the time to listen. Sometimes the problems iron themselves out. Sometimes they just want somebody to vent to um, just giving them that safe space where you can listen. Doesn't mean you need to change your mind necessarily on a decision, um, but ju just giving the time to, uh, to listen to what they have to say. Okay. I'm becoming more of a college football fan. I took my son to a Michigan game. We're near Penn State. Who, you know, who's is is Iowa football the king out there? Is that is that the king? Yeah, I would say two thirds of our state is is Iowa is Iowa. Okay. Um, another third of our state's Iowa State. We're we're probably more of a college football state than a pro pro football state, but uh in the pros, you've got you got a hodgepodge. You got the Bears, you got the Vikings, you got the Chiefs, you got then you got some like bandwagon like <laughs> you know uh, oh uh, Baltimore Ravens and San San Francisco. You know some bandwagon people, but I was I was the the big the big dog. Yes, and is that the rival Iowa Iowa State? What's the rival of Iowa? You know, it depends who you talk to. Iowa has kind of dominated that. Uh, that matchup, I would say, in my mind, the bigger the bigger rival right now is Wisconsin. Wisconsin's kind of had our number the last few years. They're kind of the the top dogs in the Big Ten West. Okay. Uh, so I, I would say I would say Wisconsin. Some people might say Nebraska. They might say Minnesota. I'm saying Wisconsin. And now Big Ten shut down, right? There. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the decisions behind it. It's frustrating. Mean, that's what I'm. That's what I've been used to doing for thirty years during the fall is watch college football. I don't know what I'm going to do, but <laughs> some of them will be playing, so they'll be on. Yeah. How about this? This is one of my favorite movies. You know, from the Field of Dreams. Right? Is this something that people in Iowa talk about? But when he says. Is this heaven? You know, and he, you know, the famous line. I know if my mom's watching, she'll be <laughs> laughing. But I love Field of Dreams. It's on my list to go visit. Do people talk about that there? Yeah, you asked like how many times a year do I hear that state? You know, I hear it a good four or five times a year. I bet. Like, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. I don't know if you heard about the. You know, the biggest thing that's happened is we've been tr we've we were supposed to host it. Uh, a major league game on that. The Yankees. Field. The Yankees. Yes. Was to go, right? Yes. Yes. And I don't know what happened. The, the, um, what's cool is, is the, um, uh, 
the 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 school Dyersville is where that and that's in yeah. that's in Eastern Iowa. It's a little ways. They're actually a, a member of our conference. Uh, oh. that 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 area. So so there's a lot of connection there. But you know, feel the dreams. Absolutely, it's still we we definitely hold that. Um, you, you know, that's ours. We really take pride in it. Yeah, I feel like whenever 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 anybody comes to visit Iowa, they try to make it over and run the bases or play a little catch on the field. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I tear up every time I see that movie and my mom actually met the actor that plays right at Kinsella. And then I have an autographed picture in my house. So. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a good movie for sure. Cool. Best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. Oh gosh. You know, I, this sounds so redundant. I shouldn't have put this. I put down, my wife got me a reading light. <laughs> it sounds silly. I, uh, I feel like I need to like mix things up here a little bit. You know what? Here's the other thing. Okay. I got, well, this is off the cuff, but see this, see this little like cooler. Okay. It, it's, it's a brewmate. I don't know if it's meant for what kind of drinks. Maybe it's meant for alcohol. I don't know, but I drink these amino energies and this thing keeps it cool all the time it's awesome it's like 20 bucks i you can get these but it's it fits those like slender cans can you okay. see that yeah so, so it's still it's been in my office for like three hours it's still cold um and it's just like this little like yeah i would highly recommend this and a book light you'll be set man you'll there be you set. Go. There <laughs> you go. something about jared smith that people do not know about so you might not you might not um tell in this interview, but I deal with anxiety. And um, again, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Uh, the blessing is because I feel like so many students uh, and staff members deal with anxiety. And I feel like I can speak to them about how to some tricks for overcoming anxiety. Um, I used to have a huge fear of public speaking. <laughs> Not a huge, uh, let me take that back. I went through a period of time where I had a huge fear of public speaking and I've been able to overcome that. And um, again, being vulnerable with our staff and our students, like I'm able to tell them if you're going through these things, I too go through these things. And I think it helps them relate and it helps build relationships. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Jared. Yeah. I didn't expect you to say that. Yeah. And yeah. And now you speak not only in your district and your community, you speak, uh, as well outside motivational and coaching and things like that. Right. Yeah. I'm, get, I'm getting into it more and more. Uh, I'm just kind of starting out. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, and uh, you know, I've always enjoyed speaking to large, like I've always spoke, taken advantage to speak to our district. Uh, even when I was in larger districts and I was a principal, I spoke to our district and, uh, so I'm getting into it more. I got some keynotes that got canceled over the over last summer, unfortunately. But um, yeah, just getting started off. But I'm liking it. Good for you. What's your message here today? As we're going to close the show, you got schools around the country. Uh, you know, we we've been talking about in my district that hashtag we can right. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. That's that's been our message. Okay. What's your message to everybody this year uh, as we close? Yeah. You know, it's just stay calm. It's stay calm. Uh, I've just seen too many people in leadership positions in, and I'm sure just like with you guys out East in Iowa, it's becoming so political. 
everybody's blaming each other, going to social media, blaming the this, blaming our governor, blaming city council for everything. It's just stay calm and focus on the kids. Focus on what you can control. Um, I just, I, it's just, I, I don't think it's a good look for other educators when they're up in arms um, doing those things. And, and I, I don't know. So I, I, we just stay calm, stay calm, stay positive and, and, and we'll get through it. Awesome. Dr. Jared Smith, you did a great job. Uh, Jared, if people are interested in, 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 you know, learning more about you and uh, you know, if they were interested in having you come speak, where, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. You know, um, probably the best way is to just visit me on my website. It's uh, like you said, drjaredsmith.com. And I do, um, I, I have a weekly newsletter and just like you do, you know, just I enjoy getting yours and reading those. Um, and uh, that's a quick way to get, get, get caught up uh, to get, get, uh, get signed up for the newsletter or else uh, my Twitter. And you've got it listed there uh, at Jared Smith, PhD you can find me there too. I love to interact with new people and that's how conversations like these get started is just, reaching out and exchanging ideas and that sort of thing. So, yeah, well, very cool. You did a great job. I'm going to cue this music up again. This was Dr. Uh, Jared Smith, Iowa, Tama County. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's not heaven, but it's South Tama <laughs> County. Uh, he did a great job. I'm at Andrew Murata 21. Uh, again, leave us a question or a comment on here. And uh, I definitely it's worth checking out his website. I love those book reviews. And again, we're getting started with school, right? So we're busy, but keep making time to read those books and uh, keep being kind and peaceful to each other. Let me cue this music up. Jared, you stay on that uh, line there, all right? Yep. Here we go. All right. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Driving. And Jack, get this music up. Thank you, everybody.